And yes, feel free to drink the water. This water is actually safe. <laughs> I brought my own. You brought your own water? Okay, awesome. You, you, you uh, heard our previous podcast about the whole situation with spoiled uh, water and milk. So right. she was like, no way, I'm bringing my own water to this bad boy. Better safe than sorry. <laughs> I brought my coffee. You brought coffee? All right. Well, I'm actually going to drink this water because it's actually okay. Hi, and welcome to The Current, the official podcast of Riverfront Federal Credit Union, where we'll share our insights and experience to help you achieve your financial goals. So sit back, relax, and get ready to dive into The Current. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode number six. My name is Joel. I'm the communication director here at Riverfront, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tony, our creative director. Hey, Tony. Hey, Joel. <laughs> How's it going? Good, you? Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> also with us is Tim McLeod, president and CEO of Riverfront. How you doing, Tim? Doing good, Joel. How are you? <laughs> All right, man. Hey, today we have some really cool guests. Ed and Melissa Sweeney from Proper Noise. Proper Noise is a vintage car shop here in Berks County, located in Mount Penn, that specializes in pre- and post-war European sports and touring cars, from the early days of motoring to the fast and powerful machines of the 1960s. Thank you for showing up, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Awesome. Tim, before we get started... Did you have anything to say? You know, I always do. Joel. Come on. <laughs> I guess I got to come up with another question. Huh? I know, right? Be like, hey, Tim. Don't don't ask, you know, what's rule number two? Two. Don't uh, ask a question you don't want the answer to. True that. True that. Right, right. So, get, you know, six through ten or somewhere in that, there's nothing to do with questions. <laughs> so, no, really, uh, we was just talking before uh, we went live uh, about proper noise and what Ed and Melissa are doing over there and, and the fact that I didn't realize they were there up until uh, year was a year ago now uh, that we did discover and we was kind of talking about the the discovery of proper noise and how it all came about. Uh, we'll we'll save that maybe for later in the conversation. But anyway, uh, what we look to do in everything we do uh, here at, at Riverfront is to provide uh, a benefit for our our members, our member owners, Berks County consumers. Uh, and we, all of us, uh, Tony, Joel, and myself, are are car guys. We all, you know, appreciate a good hot rod. I'm a car ish guy. Joel, like yeah. I, I love my car. I drive my car. It's awesome. But don't ask me to change the oil. I take it to a garage. That, that, that's quite all right. There, there are a <laughs> lot of people like that. I know. I know a guy that that actually owns probably uh, he did at least forty uh, ish Corvettes. Wow. And he probably cannot tell you where the oil dipstick is <laughs> on any of them. And he doesn't want to know uh, yeah. because he likes to, to drive Corvettes, likes to collect Corvettes, and that's it. Yeah. But anyway, uh, everybody's got some, I think, some tie back to a vehicle. Well, we all do. We drive one every day, or most <laughs> of us do. Uh, but then there's a lot of us that that has a a deeper understanding and a deeper desire to understand uh, what we refer to as the classics, and and I'll, I'll tell you, and I'm not going to take Ed and Melissa's uh, thunder here uh, because I do not know a lot about the European cars, especially pre and immediately post uh, uh, World War II, uh, and and I'm just enthralled in it now with seeing the the quality of of uh, workmanship and, and and things of that nature in these vehicles from a a way bygone era, and uh, so I'm excited to have have them here today 
to give us a, kind of a, a journey through that, uh, that collection, that, that process, the, the vehicles themselves. And hopefully, and, 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 and what I was leading to was that our listeners uh, that do or maybe not, but will now have a greater appreciation for uh, the classic and vintage uh, type yes. of automobiles uh, can take away from this the same level of excitement <laughs> that that we that, that we three have oh, yeah. in in doing this, and uh, of course, you know, you see our advertisements about the cars and coffee uh, uh, Sundays. Uh, I think we've had what three, four this this year, yeah. three or four. They have, yeah, <laughs> and, at least three or four. Yeah, yeah. and they've all they've all been uh, in conjunction with proper noise, and we've had just a tremendous turnout at every one of them. Yeah, and, it's uh, been awesome. So anyway. Uh, I'm just rambling at this point. So yeah, well, that's, that's all I got, Joel. So, Ed, Melissa, h- how did you guys find out about Riverfront? Or h- how did you, you kind of like stumble into to this place? Yeah, I was just going for a walk in the neighborhood. And I saw the parking lot, went to the cafe to get a cup of coffee. And ah. it was a beautiful Sunday morning. And I <laughs> thought it would be a great spot to have cars. And, oh, awesome. And yeah, we're actually, the, the branch is actually closed, so you didn't even actually get to see Riverfront itself. You were just kind of like, hey. Yeah, yeah, you have a really nice parking lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, it's something that we had wanted to start, and uh, once, uh-huh. we, once we talked to a few customers, would you like to do that, they were into it. Yeah. So um, it just has grown from there. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it doesn't take much to... Say hey, you want to get together? <laughs> no, yeah, because I've I've actually been driving down the street with my sons, and if we see a bunch of specific cars, it's like all right, we'll, you know, we look at our watches to see if we have time, and we'll just swoop around. Don't even know these guys, yep. and that's how a lot of these things just you know just spring up. Yeah, our customers are always looking for something to do on the weekend, yeah. and um, you know, meeting up with you guys starting in the spring, it gave us the whole season to kind of build it, and um. You know, we we have a lot of enthusiastic owners, I would say. Yeah, we've met a few of them. They're they're really cool people. They really like doing car stuff on the weekends. And we we found that in Berks County, there was really not a great event um, that that we had found for our type of cars. Mm -hmm. So we were, you know, that was kind of what led up to us wanting to do that. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, you know, we, a lot of people don't know about us if they're not a current customer. And we've kind of let the business build organically and there Mm -hmm. is a lot of car enthusiasm in the area. And we, as a result, the people that we do interact with are highly engaged. So if we say Mm -hmm. we're going to do an event, we get a nice turnout. And, and so we, we had a good feeling about it. And what's been nice with the collaboration with you guys is we're getting other cars as well. They're not, this is a cars and coffee that's open to anybody. And at this point I would say, it's actually only maybe 25% of the existing proper noise crew and I, and it's grown quickly seeing i think it was the first the f- even the first one that we were all together at my heart was smiling seeing the vintage cars oh, yeah. that your guys were bringing guys and ladies were bringing in as well as my sons that were bringing their tuner, his tuner friends in. Yeah. The old guys bringing their Mustangs and Chevys. And, you know, it's like, and there was not a single person that didn't have a smile on their face 
And it was so cool seeing it. It's truly a generational thing. Like like 17 year old kids and 70 plus year old people and everybody had a smile on and you cannot for that to spring up organically. Like, I don't think there's that many more happier things that I can think of. Like it was, it was really cool. It was really cool. Yeah. Before we hooked up with you guys, we had at least what two or three other cars and coffee where we had, we had for what we thought at the time was a good attendance. We had like 20 or 30 cars, but the moment we hooked up with you guys, it jumped exponentially. It was like 90 to a hundred cars in our parking lot. And we were like, this is amazing. Yeah. This it's is awesome. Truly, truly awesome. amazing. When you can have low riders. Yeah. And, you know, like like late nineties tuners, you know, along with your, you know, pre pre war stuff and you know, and sixties, yeah. like that's neat. Yeah, that's cool. them all parked next to each other. Yes. And, and yes, yeah, yes, like yes. you said, the different generations, maybe some of the younger guys and girls hadn't ever seen a car yes. like what we work on. And yep. um so that's that's always really cool to see. Yeah, I've, been very, around, yeah. I've been around cars since I was as long, long as I can remember, I've seen cars here that I've never seen, not even in, in like in magazines. And that's awesome. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, when you not only can see it, but you can, you know, you can touch it with the owner's permission, of course. <laughs> you, you, can, you can stand right next to it oh, and yeah. you just feel that, you know, that, that era. It's, yeah, that's why we awesome. love it. Yeah. It's, it's always different, the type of cars we work on. We don't have a, an exact specialty. We, we like to work on pretty much anything that fits within our, the year range we work on. That We do have a restriction there. We don't go past 1980, mm-hmm. but everything yeah. prior to that, and even though European cars is a specialty, we, we also have American cars that we maintain in service, but we're selective because we are a small shop. Mm-hmm. So um, seven people total, and we, including the two of us, and so we're, we're able to be very selective, but there's a good relationship with every customer because it's small and we'll work on interesting projects. It's nice to have that freedom to kind of pick and choose who and what we want to work yeah. with. So yeah. it's, it's great. Give, it, give us your uh, California connection. That, that, that's wow. cool. I, I know people want to hear about this. So we've been open for seven years. And it's been a build, you know, we, we started small at a shop in Shillington, about 1,200 square feet. Now we have 9,000. Mm. And um, our most recent project that we completed for Pebble Beach, it was uh, in the preservation class, pre-war preservation. And we got second in class. So it was our first time out there. Oh, wow. And it was... Nice. Uh, oh, congratulations. That's thank, you. Cool. thank you. Congrats. That was awesome. very cool. It was a big project that the owner wanted to keep secret, so it made it like extra difficult because the car <laughs> had been in storage for 65 years. Wow. So he didn't want it to be seen in public eyes until it got to California. So it was downstairs in our lower shop, and we were just working away on it. And, uh, so uh, we were really pleased. So 65 years stored away in a garage. Yeah. Now, was it even able to start at that point when you got it? No, like it wouldn't turn over. No, it was uh, it was pretty rough. It was pretty yeah. And so you got it to be able to be drivable. Yeah, it completed the tour. He did seventy miles out up from uh, really? Monterey to Big Sur and back. So it was oh, so it wasn't yeah. just showing the car. Hey, show up. It was like the car had to actually drive around. Yeah, which <laughs> was uh, was that was not the original 
Oh, uh, that the original plan? Uh-huh. When the car first came to us, it wasn't even going to Pebble Beach, but then it got accepted, and so... Oh, wow. All hands on deck. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. That so... You specifically just worked on the engine and the exhaust. Like, you, did you do any of the body work, or it, did it even need body work at that point? So this is uh, in in classic and vintage cars. There's a new. It's not new movement, but it's gaining momentum. Mm -hmm. Is the idea of preservation? So uh, like, you know, you wouldn't strip and repaint the Mona Lisa. Yeah, uh, which might sound like no, a severe you. comparison. Yeah, no, 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 I get you. I, I get, get you. So now this car has original paint, and mm. and. Our job was to make it run and drive without affecting any of the original finishes, which is oh, that's awesome. In some ways, harder. So, <laughs> I, <bet>. um, <laughs> I could imagine. And, yeah. and the car was be really careful. Uh -huh. yeah. The car was stored in Bakersfield, California, in, okay. in a garage with a poor roof, so the whole interior was destroyed. And oh, that wow. was actually the main thing that we restored. Mm. And so, it was. It was very challenging and we actually didn't have any expectation of winning out there because a preservation car that has a new interior mm. is usually looked down upon but the rest of the car really held up uh, so okay. and they liked it that's awesome well, congratulations on that so when you find a bar a barn find or something are, are you supposed to not worry about cleaning the, the cobwebs often because i've seen auctions where they pull them on the block and there's there's dirt on it from the from the you know provenance that it's you know this is how we found it this is how it's going is is that a thing? It's a it's certainly a thing in selling them. You know they're selling the sizzle, not the steak. Okay, you know, gotcha. There, <laughs> there's a lot of that going on. The, we could have a whole podcast about the auction scene. We actually don't buy and sell cars at all, but we advise people that do. Okay. So, We've been to some of the, the higher-end auctions, Bonhams, RM, places like that. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes to, you know, add allure to an auction and get the car. So if it's being sold as in preserved barn, fine. So is that a service you offer? Like, if, if I'm, I'm not, I want this vintage car, but I don't know anything about it, could I hire you guys? Sure. To come check it out and yeah. and say, hey, if it's worth it or not? Yeah, we do pre-purchase inspections and... and uh, We'll advise on condition and quality. Okay. Not so much value. That's more of a something that, you know, we can explain why one car is better than another. Yeah. We, we try to stay in our lane with that because we don't buy and sell them. So okay. it's more of a condition and quality assessment than mm -hmm. overall value. Some of our customers also really want like a, a full like um, research kind of presentation as well. Um, like a lot of the history, the background, was it previously raced? Did it win any races? Did it win any Concours? Um, you know, who owned it? Where was it? Mm. Um, and so that's sometimes a big part of it too, is just doing a lot of research on the back end to, to make sure they have a full picture, especially if it's a collector, um, where we know, you know, maybe this isn't going to be with them forever. They're buying it as an investment or we almost look at it sometimes like a piece of art. You know, yeah. Um, what, yeah, it, it is. If you're thinking about just the fact that that old Chrysler LeBaron was owned by Jay Leno at some point, right? That same car with less miles, nicer looking, has far less 
intrinsic value, I guess, because of that, right? Is that, is that what you're saying? Absolutely. For some people. I think some people don't really care. They, you know, they see a car, they love it and they have to have it. Um, but it's, I think it's one of the more interesting parts of that service that we offer um, is just being able to really dive into like the history and that's all Ed. He telling the story of the <laughs> telling the story of the car is basically what, what you're doing. Absolutely, for yeah. It's, oh, I think awesome. it's a selling point for a lot of people. So I fall into the <clears throat> the the latter category. Uh, I could care less who owns it. I'm not real into the the, <laughs> the popular. You know, I like Jay Leno. I, I appreciate what he's done for the car industry, which is or the the collectible car industry because it it's it's far and wide. Mm-hmm. But you know, if I have to be careful what what I'm what I'm going to say because my lovely bride listens to these and I can get myself in a lot of trouble. <laughs> uh, and and she appreciates cars as well. It's one of the things that we want to do. And really, up until this point, it's been you know let's get a you know no '66 Chevelle Malibu body. Uh, if you see one uh, <laughs> that we can work on together. Essentially, I say together. That may be loose loosely said uh that we can build, enjoy it together enjoy it together <laughs> build it up because you, I like, you, I like you're digging that hole pretty deep over there i know it, i know it, right uh but i enjoy working on the tinkering and building and 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 reconstituting the car uh and then appreciate it enjoy it together like mm-hmm. you said melissa and 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 then you know put it in the in the garage not a garage queen but you know put it in the garage keep it in the garage and love on it you know like we do the vet now the 78 uh, Corvette. Uh, but now that that I've been introduced to to your your uh, type of cars, now I'm thinking maybe we find something older that possibly is already done or, or almost done uh, that needs a little more TLC. Well, it is funny because our our business is. Our, we, we didn't really get into what we specialize in, but our shop is really known for making cars that work. So even though the shows and things like that, uh, collectors, it is part of our business, but most of our work is about building cars that can be driven and enjoyed. Right. And that's the large majority of our cars. And uh, you know, we often tell people we do full restorations, and we've done many, mm-hmm. but going out and buying a car to get in and enjoy is usually a more financially wise decision. Just right. if it, if it means saving up and doing, cause I think sometimes that has a, something to do with it as well. If you're going to restore a car, you can, you can space it out, you know, and, and pay for it along the way rather than going. And it seems like, Oh man, I got to just, you know, plop some, big amount down to buy a whole car but in the long run it will cost you less and you're just enjoying it so we we advise people that way so the journey of putting the car together is the enjoyable part for some people at the end yeah some people that is that is what they like they don't even really want to use it it's those are the process guys they like Mm. to see it coming together and, and I'm uh, both of those people. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. You know, I want to have a car to tinker on and work on and build up over time, like you said. Uh, but now looking at some of those vehicles, you know, just to go buy one that really the only thing that you need to do at that point is is uh, keep it clean and right. keep it maintain you know, it. Keep don't it maintain. Yeah. Don't don't worry; it'll have needs. 
right? Oh, I, oh, I know. I, like I said, I've been around cars my whole life, and 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 again, that's the other part of it too. There's there's the taking care of the maintenance is is uh, hobbyistic in itself. Mm-hmm. You know, is you know I can go change the oil in my in, in my Silverado you know, Chevrolet pickup truck out here. It's a 2019 model. That's a task. <laughs> but you know, if if I'm doing it in you know an old uh, an old car, it, it's a love affair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. That's why I say I probably get you know my wife's going. He's getting ready to spend a bunch of money. <laughs> <laughs> so your personal cars? Do you do you own vintage cars, or do you just work on them? Or uh, we we have one vintage car. Okay. I mean, I guess technically two. I have a 1990 Mercedes that to me isn't very old at all, but I know. Yeah, that's <laughs> the wagon. The, the wagon. wagon. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but we have a 1958 MG. It's a. It's called a Magnet. Is the model? It's a pretty oddball MG. Okay. So, four-door sedan um oh is that the one with the yeah i believe you had a canoe on it or something you brought over here yeah that was nice yeah Yeah, that was that was a pretty amazing car yeah the the canoe my dad made that in college so oh that's awesome the canoe is now on the car and he helped me build the dash in that car and and he actually works at our shop now um yeah so my father he was from the machine shop industry worked he worked his way up was a manager of a place here in reading and then when he retired, he joined our shop as our full-time machinist. Oh, so, that's awesome. Yeah. A semi-retirement. <laughs> yeah, he was. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anybody ever truly retires. They're always either, they're working harder some way. I think my dad, he went from working really hard in the airport to now working really hard at my sister's house. So it's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't really retire. It's good to stay busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So expand upon your services as far as what you offer. I mean, you mentioned a little earlier that we didn't talk about most of the services, but kind of go into detail. Like, what is it you actually do for the vehicles? Or So our shop is a little different from other restoration shops in the sense that we specialize in vintage cars, but we don't do paint and body work. And uh, it's the focus of a lot of places that do restorations. And they they farm out engines and they farm out transmissions and other maybe gauges, things like that. Okay. Um, and besides a full gauge restoration, we, we will even take apart a gauge and service it to keep it working again. So we'll, we dig in. We can make parts because we have a machine shop. Okay. And we're known for for that aspect of the classic car hobby, keeping cars running and performing as well as they can, because that's the this is the part that I've always enjoyed is the actual use of the car. Even yeah. though concourse events, judging at them, showing at them has become a big part of our business and we enjoy it. That is really our focus. And and if we're gonna do a full restoration, we just farm out the paint <laughs> and do everything else. So you're doing the hard part, is what you're saying. It's so, all hard. <laughs> yeah. No, I have a lot of respect for painters because I'm, I'm not a great painter. So <laughs> we're doing the part that to us is easier. Okay. Other people, you know, they're really happy we take that on. We we work also with some other restoration shops directly. We do um, chassis building and things like that for them. So it's been nice to make those partnerships. So. I guess my 2017 Acura MDX, I can't bring it to your shop because if I wanted like the interior like redone in an old style or something like that or or anything like that, is that something that you guys can do? No, we uh, we 
we have a 1980 cutoff. That's our, uh, that's been our hard line. And we, it's kind of the pre-fuel injection era. Is, okay. And that's, not everybody made the change then, but that's about when every it, the shift was happening. So we say like 1980 or earlier. And um, the MGB is a model that we're known for working on. And okay. that ended in 1980. So that kind of became our, that was like the, the, the watermark. So we just stay there and, and, and backwards all the way back. We have a 1904 Cadillac at the shop right now. And, oh, wow. uh, yeah, 1904 pa- or 1907 Packard that we're building the engine on, that's going together this month. And uh, so, so you guys will actually have vehicles running when the, all the satellites are taken down and all the Teslas aren't going to be operational. <laughs> we'll come over to you to, if we need a lift. Yes. Yeah, we have. Yeah, everything. Everything is like the the more elemental the car i'm learning that i wasn't into brass cars when i started this it's like what tim was saying you can you see something new it's interesting you right. can get into it mm-hmm. so um yeah the business has evolved in that sense but we uh we just like we like the mechanical we like to make it work the way it's supposed to and that, means, been- that means a lot that means a lot yeah, we've been really fortunate too that um, even with that 1980 cutoff, we've the volume has never been a problem. Like we um, we've always had a lot of customers wanting to work with us. We have a lot of customers who have multiple cars, so it's just kind of a revolving door. Um, and yeah, we've been really fortunate in that sense that you know we, there's more than enough work even just in that pre 1980. You, would, you wouldn't believe how many old cars are in the Reading area. I mean, our customer base is still at least three quarters of our customers are within an hour radius. Okay. Really? You know, even, yeah, even with our specialty. I mean, we it's uh, it's a lot of a lot of car culture around here. So, and you have a lot of word of mouth. Like, what's the? I would assume a lot of this is word of mouth. People get a good job and they're like, hey, you know, you got to check check proper noise out is that i'm assuming that's the way it is we've been really fortunate that we have not really had to advertise um through traditional channels um Mm -hmm. i would say almost all of our stuff has come from word of mouth or repeat clients um we do try to support local um events local publications things like that Yeah, you guys do a a thing in west reading too what's what's yeah there's a the um the nitro bar nitro Mm -hmm. bar the owner of the Nitro Bar and West Reading Motor Club is a customer, so mm-hmm. he has a Triumph that we maintain, and similar vibe. He said, "You know, there's a lot of a lot of good car culture around here, but there's not a lot to do." So we partnered, and every first Thursday of the month, we tell him on the riverfront, hang out on a parking lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know exactly. So, uh, and he's been to the event. He came. He came once as well. So mm-hmm. he awesome. You know. Um, we like the area. We moved back here to open the shop. I grew up in the area. Went to Wilson. Mm-hmm. Melissa's from Allentown, um, and so we moved back here to open the business because we knew there was potential here. There was another uh, another shop that specialized just in British cars, and he was retiring and selling off his his business. So that was our lead in. Mm-hmm. We we started there and just grew it from that first shop over in Shillington, and uh, it's been great. What do, you, what do you think the average project time would be, you know, lead in? Somebody has, say, they need some, they need their front, front, uh, some, 
engine work then? Or well, no, I mean, it's or even thinking it? interior, like the the front seats and maybe dash. Like, what are you looking at? A couple months, a year? Like, based on I know, I know it's that's an open ended question, but because um, I know some people, like uh, myself included, if something breaks on my car, I want it fixed as soon as possible because I want that darn thing back. So yeah. is that is that, I'm assuming it's a yeah. little more difficult when you have one off stuff that. You're not going down to Napa to pick up a part. You're right. you're fabricating it yourself. Yeah, we're we're definitely we're we're not. Uh, we realize that as a car business, it's kind of we get a pass because these are not daily drivers, mm. and so um, there isn't that demand. It's got to be done now. Mm-hmm. So as a result, there is there is a little less pressure, and I'm glad because we do have a pretty big lead time. Because we're a small business and we, we're not trying to be a 50-man team right now. Mm. So um, right now it's what would you say? I would two say, months? Yeah, a couple months okay. for like uh, you know a bigger service. If you had a full restoration, probably mm-hmm. next year, 18 okay. months, sure, something sure. like that. Um, and it also just, as we start to get into these a um, little bit more unique, like Ed was saying, the Brass Sarah, a little bit older cars, sourcing parts for that and and kind of working with new suppliers um that does affect the timeline so i think like an mgb from the 60s we can do with our eyes closed you know more or less Mm -hmm. um but you start talking about you know an early 1900s cadillac and that is something for us to dig into a little bit and um i guess with the internet though it's probably you probably have a little better chance of of more easy access to the history versus say 20 years ago when just books. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you were lucky enough to know somebody that had that literature. Yeah. It's, it's like you have these two, these two things happening simultaneously as the internet age, but also the guys and girls that were doing it and living it are passing away to be honest. Sure. So we're trying to, it almost feels like a race against time. You yeah. know, hmm. a lot of that hasn't been digitized. Sure. And so, you know, we still find that I have to just talk to the person. You have to find them. Right. Like, it might be like we were doing that Packard engine. And the the car itself, there's three of them. So the engine, we had to physically drive it up to Syracuse for them to re-pour the bearings. And then go pick it up and bring it back nine months later. Okay. And it took that long because they have wow. so much work because nobody's doing that anymore. Right. So there's it, no Haynes manual for that. There is not. No. no. <laughs> there is not. So, uh, you know, those jobs are, the result is really satisfying, as sure. you can imagine. Well, you're is, keeping history alive. You're yeah. keeping You're keeping the past alive. Yeah. But it's, and the challenge is, it, it just takes time. And I think people, they might not make light of it, but they don't view it as you mentioned the Mona Lisa earlier, where it is, I mean, that's pretty iconic because that's to our, our, ourselves and our grandparents. It was within our time. It wasn't 200 years ago. Like right. this, this stuff was ours. Like we can claim this as part of our history, which I think is, is even extra, um, extra important 
yeah. of, of keeping that. I mean, a lot of times we will run into people or some of our customers, it's, you know, it's an original car for them. Yeah. It's a car they bought or maybe just their father bought it yeah. and they rode around in it when they were a kid. And, um, you know, we, we love hearing those stories. Yeah. yeah. And that makes it really, I think when people have a connection to the car, I think that ultimately makes our job easier sure. too, because everybody's kind of on the same page. Like we want to get this done right and to the best of everybody's ability. Sure. Yeah. That's cool. You guys mentioned, uh, I'm sorry. MGB, mm-hmm. like I said in the beginning, I am not a car guy. So what is an MGB? And w- w- is this a, an American car, a European car? Or, and Tim, so, you're looking at me cross-eyed, yeah. but I have no idea. That's all right. <laughs> and maybe, not, maybe some other people don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll please, it. Yeah. I'll, I'll try to keep this brief because this, <laughs> no, is, no, this is the car that, that, I, that got me going with cars. So uh, MG was a car company that actually still exists. They're now, uh, they're owned, uh, by a Chinese firm and they're still sold in the UK and Europe. Um, but the MG sports car for, from 1962 to 1980, the model was just B. That was it. So it was, mm, it was an MGB before that was the MGA. So, um, and the MGB was until the Miata was the best selling sports car ever made. And, but they stopped in 1980. So generationally, a lot of people have never heard of one. And, and in 1981, MG as an entity, they were never, they were not sold in America anymore. So it's really, it's a lost brand to a lot of Americans because it just, it wasn't around. So it's a two seat sports car, four cylinder engine, manual trans, very, very simple, robust, not that fast, but as uh, far as British cars go, um, they're the best all rounder. They, you know, they're not the fastest, not maybe not the best handling, but um, they're they're pretty much our favorite uh, British sports car, and that's because the uh, we've worked on them all, and that's the one that we tend to gravitate towards. Is it does everything? Not to say that a Triumph TR6 or an Austin Healey are they're fantastic, but. Um, that's like if somebody said, what should I buy to get into this? That's the car because they're available. They're not terribly expensive. Parts are, parts are available and, uh, and we know how to fix them. So, you know, we're happy to do that. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. My so mama you, would need the other checkbook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you brought up, you brought up the, the Miata and that, and I, I'm just, you just saying that the Miata and then I guess, I guess the, was a Z Z3 three beamer the, mm-hmm. the like there's not that many cars with that footprint of the mgs and that's that's interesting you said that because i wasn't even thinking about that 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 it's a shame because those yeah. are extremely fun not good as a as a family mover no. but you that's know yeah yeah you're bringing that's a, that a interesting point that you brought up so what's the price range of, of one of these mgbs you said they were they're fairly reasonable yeah i mean uh you could buy a car that you could hop in and use right now like past state inspection like ready to use the the later cars are not quite as valuable you could have one of those for like 12 to fifteen thousand. wow and uh the early cars are the more collectible ones mm-hmm. fully restored they'd be worth forty thousand in that range oh wow. um yeah i've looked yeah. <laughs> so, but that was, I, I mentioned that was what got me started is, and I think it is the same for a lot of people. 
my dad had an MGB. So mm -hmm. growing up, he had that in the garage and that kind of, that kind of lit the fire. And so, um, it's a hobby that became a career. Melissa and I, we went to Temple University together. We both have our marketing degrees. Uh, I didn't plan to work on cars the rest of my life. It, it just, that's, that's where we ended up. And Yeah, and uh, I have a little bit of background in like consumer products, planning, logistics, um, a little bit of entrepreneurship. So I think it was about six, seven years ago, we decided, all right, let's, Let's give it a go and just have not looked back since. It's been really great. That's awesome. So, yeah, it's steep learning curve. <laughs> I think <laughs> any small yeah. business owner would tell you that. Oh, but, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But just talking with you guys over the last year, I, we can see that you love you love it. You know, you, you love the culture. You you know, I, you can just see that. It's not, I mean, it is work, but it's kind of not work. I'm yeah. just, just talking with you guys. Like, it's like, yeah. You know, that, that, the lines are very blurred yeah. for us. Like it's really becoming <laughs> well, a family that and, business. And that's outstanding because that's not the way it is with with the general yeah. public. That yeah. you know, nine to five grind jobs. So that's that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's great. I mean, we have Ed's dad working with us, and uh, we just brought on his brother as well. Ah, and cool. So yeah. our our daughters always are getting involved in all the weekend <laughs> stuff, and so it's it's really great. Yeah, it's one, really great. One question going back to the. <clears throat> more to the to the let's say, let's say general consumer that like me i've got a 78 corvette as i mentioned earlier it is not the anniversary edition um but potentially uh some of the issues that i've shared with you ed it, it has a has some frame issues mm -hmm. uh, primarily rust uh is that something that you guys do and this is i don't know yet what i'm going to do with that car it may just wind up in the bay in the garage uh, and, and I'll just let it go away and give it TLC until it does. Uh, but someone that, that may have something similar uh, within the, the, the year range, uh, so this is a 78, so it would qualify technically. Just made the cut. Just made the cut. And it's a Corvette, too. I think they get a little bit of a pass. And some things. We, but, we actually we fixed the, uh, the frame of a Corvette for my uncle. Okay. He, he had a... Has he still has he fully restored a '68 Corvette and and we did all the metal work on that chassis so the skills are the same. Yeah. Now yeah. mine, if it was a '68 versus a '78, it'd be a no-brainer. Yeah, I'm just saying. But and and I think you know, general from a general listener standpoint, uh, that may may say, well, you know, I just don't know what to do with it. Like me, I know what to do with it, and I know what it would be for me to do it. Mm -hmm. and, and technically, even though I know how to do it. I've done a, a few frame offs, uh, but I know I don't have the equipment. I don't have the, all the tools. Uh, definitely don't have the time. Uh, that's, that's a big one. It, it time, is the yeah. time, right? And uh, again, it's not a daily driver either. So I, I've got time that I can sit it down, but I've got a lot of other things that, that I, I want to do as well. Uh, but I think for the general listener that has uh, something that, that maybe it's not that, that, dramatic as a frame uh they can come to you and and get a a, a service of of being able to put that that car back into a a condition up to whatever is decided they want to get it back to yeah we really we we pride ourselves on being uh flexible and if somebody comes to us we're not gonna insist on a full frame off restoration for every car sure. 
safety is key. I mean, if somebody brings a car into us and they want to put a supercharger on it and the brakes are in bad shape, you know, <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to, we're going to talk them out of that right. and we'll try to, and I mean, as a business owner, I, I, I feel like I do more talking people out of work than into it. And, you know, again, <laughs> thankfully we have that luxury because we have enough to do. We're not scrounging. And, and so we just want to put out the best we can. And that usually means explaining to people why or why not they want to do it a certain way. And, uh, you know, get getting that groundwork done and then we can move forward and, and do the best thing. And that might mean moving on from that car and doing a different car entirely right. and give it, maybe, it, you know, sell it to somebody that's a bit of a do-it-yourself or, or yeah, you do I, that a lot. Uh, and that's good to hear. And, and, and I think it's, it's, it's good to know uh, because I know I've had conversations, not necessarily here, but with others in, in other parts of the country. They're like, you know what? I wish I knew someone that had the equipment. Uh, so like down south where I'm from, you know, sound like I'm not from here. Um, we did have access to, to uh, shops and different ones had different things and uh, we could utilize that equipment and things mm -hmm. of that nature. But there's a lot of people that don't have that and, and they don't know that the solution technically is within arm's length of where you, you're at. Uh, and, and it never hurts to, to say, look, you know, uh, uh, I got a question to ask and I got an answer to get uh, to find out, like you said, if I want to go on with this or potentially take, you know, a, a portion of, of the restoration amount or whatever and just get another whole car. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, everybody wants an honest mechanic. Right. To be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> nobody wants to be sharked out of their money. So if you're giving people the right information and telling them, hey, this is this is the deal, I mean, that that's very appreciative, I, I think. that That's that's really cool. We're trying to. We want it, we want it to be fun. That's the thing. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a drag to just be throwing money at a car and never driving it. <laughs> okay, so if I came to you. Oh, boy. Here it comes. <laughs> late 60s and... MG mm -hmm. and say, Ed and Melissa, I need my LS Corvette motor swapped in here. Is that a yes or no from you? So, <laughs> you want me to answer that for you? <laughs> nah, I, I just want to hear from these guys. I mean, you guys are purists. I, you know, like, like, or if I say, you know, I'd what? like my MG slammed. And uh, I need I need you to uh, bevel my wheels in a little bit. I need some camber. <laughs> Would you send me down the street? Right? <laughs> it would say shame on you. <laughs> Believe it or not, we've done that. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. So it wasn't it wasn't an LS, but we put a a Ford five liter, a three hundred two into an MGB. So now is that coyote? Was that a coyote or no? What? That's the that's the um, like the, from a 5.0 Mustang. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we did that project about two years ago. Yeah. We, we uh, so it was, be a beast. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's so you have to cut anything. So you have to cut anything out of there. There's, <laughs> if, you, if you use a later shell, it's um. There's a company in Michigan, Mantel Motorsports, that they make a crossmember kit that integrates the uh, the mounts for the Ford block. So, I mean. The engine is then sitting in the hole. You have to do everything else. But um, as far as a conversion goes, it's it's 
pretty straightforward. And the chassis, there was a there was a V8 version of the MGB sold in the UK. So um, it's the later shells actually have clearances and things okay. in the radiators set forward. So as a conversion, it's a possibility. We've done it, and it it made for a heck of a car. So we are because you are getting younger guys moving up in age and they have yep. the money and they're, you know, yeah. they don't want the British ones. They want the Asian imports and stuff. You know, maybe at some point you might. Well, we built an Austin Healy with a Honda S2000 drivetrain. Okay. okay. So, um, <laughs> we didn't do the uh, engineering on that one. We did more of the, we built up the chassis, the suspension, and then a hot rod shop, uh, uh, traditional metal craft down That's in cool. Delaware. They did. They did the bot because he also changed the entire body to aluminum, and he put the Honda engine in it, and you know, so yeah, that thing is talk about fast. It's it's crazy. That's so, cool. So I gotta I gotta ask though, <laughs> when you was putting that big V eight in that MGB, mm -hmm. did did you take the opportunity to tell one of your apprentices to go get a frame stretcher? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> you missed your opportunity. Yeah, <laughs> I did not. No, it's uh, wow. so we, we're we're selective, but we still just build what we like because it was a cool project. And, yeah, yes, yeah, that's neat. So, are you guys coming to the October fifteenth cars and coffee that we're having? Are you guys going to be able to make it? We will be there. Awesome, yep. that is great. We will be there. We're Don't forget it's a trunk or treat. That's right. This is trunk or treat. Trunk so or treat. we're we're asking people to bring candy. Uh, you know. I don't know how many kids are going to show. I don't know how many cars are going to show. Well, up. I think I think that's always the question with these yeah. events. We just don't know. Yeah. We're, but we would appreciate everybody bringing candy. Yeah. What we hope can happen is, and we'll try to get it out there that you don't have to bring a car. Right. You can come and enjoy the well, cars that are people there. organically. So, I mean, uh, yeah. These, yeah. How many families did we see with their kids? And oh, and yeah. I've never seen more puppies on this parking lot yeah. than <laughs> than at our our cars and coffee. It's it's so cool. It's, people just show up. Yeah. We did start. Um, Melissa's doing an email blast now for the company every month. And so, because uh, we were trying to promote it through the standard Facebook and Instagram mm -hmm. channels, which is how we usually promote. But we found that a huge portion of our customer base wasn't seeing that. They're not. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. So um, it's on the email blast. Hopefully that gets a few more people out yeah. as well. Sure. Yeah. And it's more of a, you know, of course it starts out with wanting to get cars, you mm -hmm. know, and, uh, but what we've seen it, like, like Tony just mentioned, evolve into is more of, of a, of just a gathering. And, and that is completely okay. Uh, because the, at the end of the day, the, the whole effort is to get people out and enjoy, uh, time together. You know, you get to look at old vintage cars and some newer, you know, uh, what do you call them? Tuners? Tuners? Yeah. Tuners. Well, I mean, that's a nice, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I've been I, yelled at a lot on the street, um, call called right, other things, but right tuners. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's one of them that you're getting into some gray area there, right, but okay. Right. Are right. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that burn, that, that run on kerosene. I, I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's an array of, of taste uh, of cars, what you like. And, and even some I talk to, cause I, you know, I walk around and talk to, Everybody, because yeah, I'm a talker, mm -hmm. and and when you can engage with with uh, different ones uh, regarding their car or other cars, uh, you you find real quick that I never knew that you could do that to that car, you know, or or look, I, I just saw a car that I thought that I would never see. Uh, so 
all of a sudden you see the engagement that it generates. And when you, and when you ask them, well, you know, where's your car? Let's go look at your, I, I didn't bring a car. I just kind of look at cars. Mm-hmm. To me, that's the engagement because it, it got them out. It got them to, you know, selfishly, it got them to our property uh, to where they can see some of the things that we're doing uh, here. Some of the things that we're doing because Tony and, and Joel do a good job and whoever else is here do a good job at our information booth, uh, not only for Riverfront, but for proper noise uh, so that we can continue to expand on and, and, and develop that width, if you will, of, of both organizations and, and what we stand for and what we do uh, in the community. And I, I think it's just been very successful and very enjoyable uh, each time we've had it. No, yeah. you, I mean, you guys have done a great job. You know, it's just, it, it may have been our idea to, to do it, but obviously you guys have taken it and run with it, and it's been wonderful. We've had, I think I had two guys at the last one. I think they were proper noise guys coming up and saying, all right, what's the deal? <laughs> and I'm, and I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, what, what, what's the connection here? I'm like, oh, we all like cars. And he's like, no, real. I'm like, no, honestly. Cause he's like, what are you trying we to sell me? Coffee and we all yeah. Like I'm coffee. like, we're not actually, I said, oh, you want us to sell you something? We could, I could, we can do that. Right. Right. <laughs> but yeah. And luckily I think, hey, I'm, I'm jinxing this, Joel. Uh, the no. weather, yeah. The, yeah. This this blue sky. This is like California skies. These last, I don't know how it's been happening, but yeah. we've been so yeah, we've lucky. Been lucky, yeah. With with lucky. this, you know, because I mean, we we don't have a crystal ball, but um, you know, I'm just, you know, hopefully, you know. But but the neat thing is, there's a love of this because we, you know, you're talking about not, you know, like trying to find the best way to get information out. We don't funnel a lot of money. I don't think we funnel any money into getting the word out. It's all word of mouth and what we do on social media. And yet people come, you know, so it's definitely more than just us. It's more than proper noises, more than riverfront. It's just like, you know, it it makes you feel good. You know, it's been very fulfilling to see how it has grown. And um, I mean, like, like we said, our customers are always looking for something cool to do and, I mean, even better if you can bring your family and, you know, make it sort of like a nice community event. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, we're thrilled with the way it has evolved, yeah. really. And working with you guys, I think, because you're not doing the hard sell. And that's... No, what, yeah, exactly. If if it's about the relationship and, and meeting people, and that's how yeah. we try to run the business as well. It's never hard sell, just we go to events, yeah, we meet people, They there's a comfort level, and they know that it's... It, they. We just want to work yeah. together. Yeah. Yes. And which is on on that, out of the generosity of the people bringing their cars and just being here, last the our last meet we raised two hundred fifty dollars for the Teddy Foundation, that's a awesome. local nonprofit, and that's another thing that we were like, we were having people that like were showing interest and just like like yeah we're you know everyone else is asking us for you know, for money. And it's like, all right, like, let's, let's see if we can, you know, drum up some for nonprofits and organically, you know, little things like that, the generosity of, of people in general and stuff. And just, I don't see anyone there with a frown on their face. Yeah. And there's a, there's a lot of people there. So (laughs) it's just, I can't, it's hard to describe, even if you are a car person, 
You just have to con- you just have to be there. It's yeah, not just our cars them. and coffee. Any anything like that. It's just an an it's just something that brings people together in this world that's not always the nicest world. You really get the sense, I think, that people are there because they just want to be there. Yeah. You know, like yeah. they went out of their way that morning yeah. to, you know, on a on a Sunday morning to come hang yeah. out with all of us. And that's really nice. Yeah, yeah. that's really nice. And too, that's that's a good point, Melissa. You know, if you show up somewhere uh, on on a you know, nine ten o'clock on a Sunday morning, uh, just to hang out and look at, at at some nice cars, have some nice conversation. Uh, you you know that it, it was a legitimate desire. Yeah. Yes. It's not just they happened to be driving by, right. uh, or they thought maybe there was uh, beer. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's on a Sunday morning. No, that's over in West Reading at the Nitro <laughs> Bar. <laughs> right. yeah. On Thursday evening. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's right. That's so, right. Awesome. Uh, different, different, uh, different car show. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> but on that note, uh, is there any final thought? Final thoughts with you, with you guys? Is there anything else you want to let our listeners know, Ed and Melissa? Uh, just thank you guys again, and we really appreciate the collaboration and the partnership, and we're really looking forward to the October fifteenth. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Tim, any final words? Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> this all, you, you heard the, you know, probably one of our more lengthy podcasts to this point, which is good. Uh, I think good, good conversation needs time to mature. Uh, but what you've heard in this is something that, that goes all the way back to what we've been talking about uh, now in six episodes of, of our newly released podcast is getting down to the core of, of what people look for and, and need. Uh, like us at the credit union, we try to, to provide our, our members, potential members, with the financial services they need at a, at a very reasonable price. Uh, we help them regardless if there's a, a loan or a retail piece involved. Uh, we help consumers uh, better understand their finances, uh, all going back to our mission, which is putting our, our members in a better financial position. Uh, you guys do the same thing. If you just do it, do it from a different way, like we were talking about at the cars and coffee event. There's no, uh, there's no signage out there that says, "Hey, come by proper noise. We got an all special going on," or or, or whatever. You know, or, or us. We we don't have, mm-hmm. a, which I think we do actually put put some literature on the. On the information desk. Actually, I think we give away stuff. And we give away stuff. Like a, a $100 gas card well, yeah, and yeah. some other things that we've oh, been wait, giving away. Wait, we give $100? <laughs> no, we, we do and we will, we will continue to do so. But my, my point in my, and again, my ramblings, uh, is that these are these are two entities that has uh, 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 obviously a clear love of what they do and for whom they do it. And at the end of the day, the results are clear in in being able to do that effectively. Awesome. I, I appreciate what you guys do. Definitely. My, my, my crew hears it all the time. Definitely appreciate what we do. And uh, and I, I think we keep on doing it. Awesome. Sounds great. <laughs> but thank you, Melissa and Ed, for coming. We thoroughly appreciate it. And everybody listening, remember, on October 15th is our last Cars and Coffee for the year. We're going to do four more next year. Those dates are coming up. And remember, if you want to make your life easier, keep following the current.